I'm Kay Janes, and this is the podcast where we talk about your adult child and how to raise them so you don't have to raise your grandkids. Check us out at allgrownup.com or on Instagram at youradultchild. Welcome back, everybody, to uh, our podcast this morning. I'm so happy to have Shauna back in studio. I guess we'll call this a studio. Yeah. The basement slash root cellar that it used to be. Um, today's topic is one that I have had a lot of experience with the last couple of weeks and all of us have had experience with throughout our lives. Um, when you and I first talked about today, we were talking, we were going to talk about inappropriate ownership and what that means. And we are going to hit that today. But the more I thought about that, I thought, well, wait a minute, there's an overarching um, issue that actually creates inappropriate ownership. And what would be, if someone asked you, what is inappropriate ownership? That was kind of a new concept, I think, that I we brought up one time. And every time I brought it up, people were like, what does that mean? How, how would you word that when someone has inappropriate ownership? And we're referring to relationships, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Inappropriate ownership. Where have you seen that? What do you think that means? How, what words would you use to describe that? For me, it's uh, with our kids and our spouses where we see it the most, obviously, but it's when we think they're ours. We think they belong to us. We mm-hmm. think they're, we get a little confused and cloudy on um, what's them and what's us. Mm-hmm. That's hard not to do, especially with kids. Yeah, because you, you, you grew them. I grew them. <laughs> I grew my kids. Yeah. And then you birthed them and yep. like they're literally part of you, part yep. of your body and, and, and then... They can't live without you no. when they show up yeah. and sometimes till they're 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's really hard to not struggle with inappropriate ownership for your children. Also, too, because I think culturally, not just here, but everywhere, there's inappropriate ownership is actually not seen as inappropriate. What do you mean? Well, the love of a mother for a child, right? That bond between mm. parent and child, it like you said, it can get where do you end and where do they start? And some would argue that there isn't a gap, that those should be completely intertwined. And I hate to say it, but the people I've run into who believe that, it's rare that their relationship is healthy. Right? No, for sure. Yeah. 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 There needs to be some... Emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual independence for every single person. I love the phrase self-reliance. And I love the thoughts of emotional self-reliance, spiritual self-reliance, physical self-reliance. And that does not mean you do everything on your own, does it? No. So what does it mean? If it doesn't mean you're doing it on your own, what does self-reliance mean? If someone is self-reliant in any of those categories... Well, while you were talking, I was thinking, I'm not going to answer your question right, because I was thinking about the inappropriate ownership and ways it shows up. So for the self-reliance and what that means, um, I think you're just, you can function. You don't need somebody else. Well, I don't know. It's kind of weird, huh? Because people that are self-reliant still interact with and use the resources of others. Yeah. Right? Uh, Well, I think one thing I've realized with self-reliance is, Someone who's self-reliance uses their ability to choose to do just that, choose and act. Mm-hmm. And that may involve, they'll get other people involved, but 
Like you said, that's a good way to put it's that. Not, they don't sit and wait until someone else makes them act or makes decisions for them. Yes. Right? That's yes. Some, somebody who's self-reliant. Because I, I can't do anything by myself, but I am extremely independent. Mm-hmm. But I'm always asking for help for other people. I'm always getting other people involved. I'm always, and if I'm being a good person who's loving others, I'm seeing what ways can I help other people out. Yeah, because right. so often when you think people can mistakenly think self-reliance is, I don't ask anybody for help, I don't need anybody, I got to right. do it on my own, Yeah, and that's absolutely not it. That even starts bleeding into that definition of perfectionism, Yeah, right? right, which is unhealthy, it's prideful, and it doesn't work. So when we talk about inappropriate ownership, at the core of inappropriate ownership is a couple things. And number one, we've just discussed, and that is a lack of self-reliance. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can. Well, we won't spend a lot of time on it now, but some of us have heard of codependence, where you need someone else. There's a and codependent relationships are very unhealthy. Yeah. Right. Very unhealthy. So, if uh, take that, I talked to a mom just the other day, and she was expressing to me how she has a hard time creating boundaries with her kids. And as we ask questions, and our questions along the lines of, "Well, what's what role does the kid play in your life?" What's the purpose of your kid in your life? And this mom had a strong realization. It was like, oh my gosh, I just consume how cute my kid is. <laughs> and I love that my kid loves me. And I, mm-hmm. I want that so bad that that's now the purpose of the child, my child. And if I'm not awake to this, it can just go down this path of, and and what it ends up happening is the parent now actually worships the child. Yeah. Worship what's the child offers. And there's not a kid on this planet that can appropriately handle being worshipped. Yes. And it's hard as a parent, oh. like because I've worked hard on I could see I, I lost a lot of or I, I I got a lot of worth from my from my oldest kids. Yeah. You know, I got a lot. And of- can I ask this? You know what's interesting? I got a lot of worth. But remember we talked about this? Worth doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Does that make sense? So how did you get worth that was already there? And is is this what you're saying? Because this is what I hear when I hear people say that is, I love my kids. They do things that make, I feel feelings of joy because of my kids. And I've translated that into worth. Yes. I feel happy when they're around. I feel happy when they accomplish things. I feel happy. I feel things when they say, I love you, mom. Mm-hmm. Do you think we make the mistake of going, oh, that's worth? Yeah, oh, for sure. Well, and we, you and I always say the same things, but in different ways, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. like whenever in my mind, when I'm like, I, when I ever, I gain worth or lose worth from somebody, like I always wish I had a whiteboard for this, for this, yeah. that people could see, but um, when we're getting appropriate worth from the source that we're supposed to, if it's coming, like I picture it coming down like the sun from God, yeah. straight to me, tons of it, right? Yeah. That's unlimited worth there. And then when I, but when I'm trying to gain it from my kids, it's a creepy, I'm all of a sudden my energy has shifted over and I'm looking at my kids, almost trying to like grab it from them, Yeah, you know? Or if I'm losing worth to somebody, it could be my kids or somebody else, um, what somebody else is thinking of my kids is where that would come into place. Oh, no, yeah. they're going to think my kids are this, whatever we do. Then I picture my my uh, that energy or whatever words you want to call for it, like going to that other person. It's just misguided, misdirected. Always, it's, it 
um, will fall flat, but it's what you're talking about. Yeah. The words, you're, you're always the word guy. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> you hear me at a ball game when I'm mad. Well, actually, pretty good words come out then, too. But what I was saying with that with my boys, so with my older two, I yeah. worked really hard. Once I could see it, they left um, home. I thought, oh my gosh, I got so, I, I could see it clearly. Yeah. Even though I had worked on it and was somewhat aware of it, I could fully more see it once they left my house. So then I thought, okay, with my younger two, I'm going to be even more aware of it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I yeah. was, it's, and it's, yeah. I don't want to say as a parent, especially if you have a kid like, uh, you know, that, uh, I don't know, just knows how you work so they yeah. know how to say the right things. And then you start to realize, oh, my gosh, I've been getting worked. <laughs> yeah, well, every because- I think almost every family has that kid that knows this, just like is aware of this. Just, oh, okay, so if I make this face and I say these things... I own you. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. Right? I And they tap in. I always call it piranhas on blood. Like they, they tap in as soon as the moment they see that they're worshipped in any way, that, we're get, that we have this unhealthy, inappropriate ownership towards them and that we're feeling, they have control of our feelings, then man, there's always that one kid who just knows how to turn the Turn the lever on and off just enough. You know You know what this all falls under, actually, in today's topic, and this is probably what we'll title today. These are all under the titles of thinking errors, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Every one of these things we're talking about, there's something, and thinking errors are always based in lies, and they usually have at least some fear involved, mm-hmm. right? And thinking errors are like, for example, I get my worth from my kids. That's a thinking error. Mm-hmm. Keeping my kid happy is what matters. Yes. I like... Other people thinking of... my kid is good is important. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. love what you said a minute ago. I lose worth if somebody doesn't approve of what my kid's doing. Those are all thinking errors. Yeah. And every parent knows what that feels like. Mm-hmm. When your kid does something that disappoints you, when yep. your kid does something, what's the first... A big part of it is what are others going to think? Even yeah. though you you work on it, and I think this is part of human human nature. I do too. And so um, there was something else that we were going to say. I was going to say when you were talking about that. I'm sorry. Well, hopefully it comes back. It will. If it's important. Well, that's what, so with the topic of inappropriate ownership, um, with this whole idea of thinking errors, uh, this is something that I, I'm not, I don't know why I'm so surprised, but when I'm working with parents and this comes up and we put some of these, what's really interesting is when we, I ask some questions that allows for some of these parents thinking errors to come out and then we write them on the board. It's really interesting once they see it. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always think of thinking errors this way. When they're inside your head, it's like they're in a forest and they can hide behind trees and just poke out a little bit. So when they're in your own head and you don't say them out loud and nobody else knows about them, they're playing hide and seek and you know they're there, but they're hiding behind the trees. Well, when you get them out and and put them out, they get out from behind the trees and they can't hide anymore and other people can see them. It's crazy how much those sinking errors look ridiculous. They look selfish. They look ugly. They look inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So imagine this creepy, weird little monster with this cute little top off the top of its head. And that's all that pokes out when it's in your head, right? <laughs> Is the cute little top of it. But underneath is this ugly, disgusting, weird monster mm-hmm. that's most of it's behind the tree. And you'll see, I'll see this because I'll have these moments with these parents. We'll ask questions like, okay, 
you're not willing to create a boundary with your son. What does your son do for you? And all of a sudden when someone's like, I find worth in my son and it comes out, it's like, oh, wow. So you find worth in a 15-year-old who's extremely selfish and doing really stupid things. That's where you're getting your worth. And now that the mom's actually said it out loud, it's like, yeah, that's not very smart, is it? It's like, no, that's not very smart. Mm -hmm. But before that, the cute little top of the monster was, but he's my he's my boy. And like, he came out cute. And when he was three, he'd wear the same shirt every day. And it was so cute. And his hair stood up in the back and blah, blah. He ain't that kid anymore. <laughs> he's the one that just stole the car, used your credit card, hasn't been home in three days, and is extremely disrespectful to you. You know, so, but you're right. It's hard. I watched my three-year-old yesterday run around in his little basketball jersey. And I don't get this very often, but I had that moment of like, man, he's a cute little kid. And him just standing there made me feel, just him being there. Mm -hmm. I had these feelings of like, man, he's a cute kid. And for the first time ever, I had the thought, oh, I don't want him to grow up. Mm -hmm. My other ones, I'm like, man, when are you going to grow up? <laughs> Like, learn to talk. <laughs> Which it's okay to yes. enjoy their cuteness or to enjoy the cute things they say. or and, and uh, So when does it become unhealthy? Because you're right, it is completely okay to just be happy with your kids, to love their cuteness and to love that they come up and hug you and say, Mommy. But when does that cross the line? The minute our worth shifts from, from God to them. Yeah. That's it. Which we can't talk about inappropriate ownership without talking about whose kids are they. We've talked about mm -hmm. this in pieces in the past, but really having to remind ourselves whose kid they are. Yeah. And so... So our relationship with our kids should not be... We shouldn't use the word ownership. What's a better word? I don't own my kid. What is a better word to describe the relationship of my kid? Knowing that my kid is God's kid. Mm-hmm. Are they rentals? No. <laughs> like a rental car? <laughs> so one that's helped me is we have stewardship. Yeah. Right. I have a stewardship. While this kid's in my home and in my family at this time, for this period of time, I have stewardship over that kid. And I'll get to report on that stewardship someday. I'm accountable for that stewardship. There's a huge amount of responsibility attached to it. But that's very different than ownership, isn't it? Yeah. You know, always pointing them to who their real father is, mm -hmm. you know, reminding myself, you know, one of my kids did, did something, I don't know, something a few weeks ago that was really troublesome to me. And I remember standing in my bathroom thinking, okay, how am I going to manage this? How am I going to handle this? And you can feel the difference in your, literally in your body, you can mm -hmm. feel the difference of when you are entangled in this like messy ownership, losing worth thing to, oh, this is God's kid. Okay, what does he need? What is he struggling with? It's like all of a sudden the cloud kind the the clouds yep. go away and you can see and you're you're you know like okay. Absolutely. What do you want me to do? This is your kid. Do you know it's interesting when you say that? I was talking to a father the other day whose family's falling apart right now. And when I asked him what your identifiers are, and his temporal ones, the ones that came up, and then we looked at those eternal identifiers, that he's a son of God, that he's a male, that he's a brother, right, spiritually. And I said, okay, in that context, now look back at your wife and kids. 
and he had that experience where he was so confused, he was so hurt, he had all these, and you know what thinking errors create? They create unhealthy expectations. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So his thinking errors around the role of what his family was supposed to be playing in his life was what was causing him all the grief. And the moment he saw, and the same with what you're saying as a parent, as soon as you see that kid as God's kid who you're helping God raise. And by the way, why does it take so much weight off our shoulders, do you think? How come it gets so much clearer when we remember that? Like, this is God's kid. And God's also involved in the equation. How come that helps so much? Well, at least I know for myself, it untangles me out of it. It gives me, uh, just makes it more objective. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's not my, like, it actually helps me trust my kid more, too. Yep. Because I recognize, oh, I'm insert, I am inserting myself where I don't belong. It doesn't, I mean, I have to parent, I have to show up, this is, I have a stewardship yeah. over this kid. Um. But this kid still was created by God and has its own independent soul and abilities and connections with God. Yeah. And I can trust those. I have found when I do that and remember that, oh my goodness, there's so much more power there. There is. That's the only, that is where the powerful parenting comes in. It mm-hmm. is. And so you can just be like, all right, here you go and good luck. And and it makes you, you can show up in so much love. You can mm-hmm. feel what it feels like in your body when you're parenting from a clean space. When you're talking to your spouse from a clean space, yep. it, it has an entirely different feel than like, I need you to act this way. I need you to do this. It's a creepy, yucky yep. feeling that is really hard to, to love truly from. And you just described how someone can measure if they're in, if they have inappropriate ownership in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. That's what it looks like. I, I realize too in my marriage, when I think of Maddie as my wife, well, my wife has all these stipulations on it, like my own expectations around what that title should mean and what it should provide for me as a husband. And so when I say my wife, Maddie, I automatically overlay all those expectations onto her. And then here's the problem. She doesn't know all those. Yeah. She's definitely not going to be able to live up to all those, Mm -hmm. right? And so now all of a sudden, she's uh, an obstacle. She is a person that's not living up to those expectations. And now we're going to have problems. But I remember remember one night laying in bed looking over and just seeing a girl. Mm. You know, an individual, independent, daughter of God, girl who I got to be with. Yes. Right? So good. It's completely different. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, cool. Like, whatever on your imperfections, there's all these other great things. And there's zero expectations that are selfish. It's just I get to be with her. And all of a sudden, I, I, I think our relationship made a huge improvement and change that day I had that realization. How hard is that to do, do though with a child? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this is just a kid, not my kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been talking to some moms about this too, what's hard, because what you said, I've never experienced this, obviously, but when you raise a human being inside of you and then keep that human being alive for years, how do you not feel ownership? You know, how how in the world do you... Except anything we've talked about up to this point. <laughs> you know, what does it take to be able to go, okay, this is not my possession. This kid is an independent individual person. And even though I've given everything, including my body, to get this kid here, you know, they're still not mine. I just get to be 
with them through this journey. And I think what I've seen is, is only when you understand some of these bigger truths we've talked about, can you even try and do that? But you've said this before we've talked, you know, those truths, but it's still hard to do. It it? is still hard to do. And you have blinders on. It took you pointing out a few things I thought of my inappropriate ownership. Mm -hmm. So then you feel like a gut punch for sure, because this is what you, you've been, I've been working on it over the years and everything. And but this one kit of mine. I love all of my children, but he knows how he knows. He, and he's not evil. The kids no. aren't bad. They aren't like. He just does it because he can. Remember, if kids can, they will. If they can't, they won't. Well, the kid in the family that knows how to push the buttons, they're going to do it. Yeah. Because they can. Yeah. And he would leave. And, and he, I mean, he knows the things to say. Oh, mom. Like, he's a good kid. And he yeah. would hug me lots. And he's and it was genuine. Yeah. I do know that that was genuine. Because yeah, he was, genuinely wanted what he wanted to get. <laughs> But it took you showing it to me. And then once I could see it, I couldn't unsee it. And when he would leave so many times, especially as he was getting older, it wasn't as problematic when he was younger. But he's supposed to be entering the world. He's supposed to be a man. So that's where I think I was feeling more and more, ah, every time we'd have an interaction. Because I'd feel like all swirly and, you know, see... Cade's the word guy. I'm the body. I'm like, I, everything for me is feelings and everything. But he would leave and I would feel like, what just happened? And I was dead set that he was going to be mowing the lawn and going doing this. And, and he's going and playing golf. I'm like, how did that even happen? Yeah. You know? And then once I could see, oh my gosh, I'm losing worth here. I'm, I have inappropriate ownership here. I kind of worship him a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Once I got honest with myself and could see it, then I was like, ugh. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, bam, totally different place. He, he'll he say something. I'll be like, hey, you got to do this. And he he can feel it. He, he knows, knows something has shifted in me. He's like, okay. <laughs> the boundaries are now clear. Yeah. The and and there, is a, clear. there is a sense that kids have around the boundaries. They know when their parents are. Well, and I, I don't know if you've realized this with him yet, but here's one thing I know for a fact. A kid actually does not want to be worshipped. Mm-mm. They want boundaries. They want to know that you're stronger than they are too. Mm. Their selfish side doesn't want that so they can get what they want. But when push comes to shove, a kid wants to know that there's boundaries. And that's where they feel safe. That's where, that's how they learn, you know. And so we talked about this a little bit. Men have an opportunity to teach their children physical boundaries because a man's usually the strongest one in the house. So he can literally teach physical boundaries. Like that's what we do when we wrestle. You know, yeah. that's what it's like. Play tickle monster. Yeah, play tickle <laughs> monster is like, okay, here's your physical boundaries that you have to know. And every little boy at some point is going to try and take his dad and the dad will just go, okay, here's the line. Now you know. And guess what that actually teaches the boy? That teaches the boy what the boundaries are in society as well. Like, you can't do this to other people. This is not okay. And there's, someone will physically stop you. Okay, good. Well, moms have an opportunity to teach emotional boundaries if they know that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the emotional nurturing side. Okay, here's the boundaries around nurturing. Like, And the boundary that I have found is very helpful is if you can do it yourself... I'm going to let you do it. In fact, I'm going to require that you do it. If you can't do it, then I'll step in and nurture. Because that's what nurture actually is, is to do something for somebody that they can't do themselves. Mm. Right? And But that line gets shoved way over to where, oh, if I feel any discomfort, I'm going to do it for you because you might be feeling discomfort. 
And I would, just my observation over the last 25 years, that's why the capacity of our young adults has gone so low. It's because they, yeah. haven't, they haven't had to do much. And that's because those nurturing boundaries have moved way too far to the left. Yeah. You know? And they're well-intentioned, you know? They are. But it's... Well, they're well-intentioned in the sense that we don't know. I, You know, now that you see... Well, you realize this. I love that voice you made when you realized what he was doing. And you're like, yuck. <laughs> they're well-intentioned only if you don't know that you're actually being selfish by yeah. doing it. The intentions are you don't want to be uncomfortable, and so you're over-nurturing, but those aren't good intentions. It's so true, because you don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't care if it's watching your kid be left out from Mm -hmm. beginning. It's so, even when they're little, paying attention to, oh, they're being left out. I don't like that they're having uncomfortable feelings. They're coming to me crying. They're mad. Ugh, I don't know what to do with these. Shake it off and go be happy. Right? It's our our inability to hold and to have that capacity. To, for them to be uncomfortable. And I'll put this in right here. You know how you can do that? Is if you individually know and have clear work, a clear understanding of your own worth and you've already worked out being lonely yourself. Mm-hmm. You've already worked out having to do hard things and it's okay. You've worked out, okay, when I don't know where to go, I can turn to God. When you've experienced that yourself, you know what I actually experience now when my kids are being left out or something hard happens? I actually get excited because it's like, okay, come here. I'm going to show you how to find peace and inner strength and be okay that your cousins don't want to play with you right now. And that's what's cool is this: these really horrible experiences as a parent actually become some of your most sacred, powerful moments. My oldest daughter uh, is... We don't have any many of the same interests. She likes video games. I played sports. She's a girl. I'm a boy. There's all kinds of things that are opposites with us. But in her life, she's she's been not antisocial, but prefers to be alone. And so when she runs into social event experiences, she's kind of had a lot of those what you're talking about. Like she's been left out. She hasn't been invited when friend groups have done things. And over the years, we've sat down together and just talked about it. Like, hey, how do you feel? I'm kind of, I'm sad. Okay, that's okay. I'd be sad too if you were left out. And then then we have these kind of conversations. Is there anybody else in your class that's being left out too? And all of a sudden she, and she's been willing to go, oh, yeah. Well, why don't you go talk to them for a minute? And she's done it and she's acted on it. And now guess what? And as a middle school kid, she's already figured out like, that's not that big of a deal. If you get left out, you can just go find somebody else who's been left out, serve them and love them. And she's realized this. There's more satisfaction in doing that than trying to keep up with the group that left you. Yeah. Right? Because we all, anybody who's been in that before, the rat race of trying to hold everyone's attention. Oh my gosh, how exhausting is that? Well, and the gift you're giving her in identifying her thinking errors Mm -hmm. young. Because most of us don't even become aware of them. No, I didn't. I them. didn't. No, that stuff was in my twenties before I even started to understand some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so becoming aware. I also call them truths and lies. I, mm-hmm. I had a coach that called them that once. We identify. We literally went down and spent two days identifying my truths and the lies I tell myself repeatedly. And I posted those, and I still will post my lies yeah. and my truths because our brains will naturally be drawn. Well, for a number of reasons, we're going to be drawn to the lies, mm-hmm. um, and so we have to. We have to work to see them first and then clean them up 
and 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 to do that on a regular basis it's just like working out yeah. it's like not like we identify our thinking errors one time and then we're good absolutely and you know what maybe that's a good wrap up for today and a good uh we call them change activities when we work with clients things they can actually do based on what we've talked about so ways to implement some of these truths i think that's a great change activity for a parent is go ahead and write down some of your thinking errors or the lies that are causing stress in your relationships and if you don't know what those are just take your relationship with your spouse or your kids or any relationship that you say my in front of (laughs) and then start writing down some of those expectations and things that you have for them and then start writing down some truths and see what happens get the ugly monsters out on the white paper or the whiteboard and see what they are yeah you have to be able to get them out you do and i would say even as a as a parent, like ha- don't forget to have compassion for yourself. The reason you're parenting, there's a reason for it, yeah. and it's usually to protect some part of you. Or you know, my mom did an incredible job of creating daughters that are very self reliant. Mm-hmm. I remember getting in my first wreck when I was like 15. It was a little one, but she's like, "Okay, call the insurance company." Like she would constantly just we just handled yeah. things, and and I think what I did. <clears throat> Even though I learned so much and I grew up feeling so like I could go do whatever. I could figure yeah. it out. It was so good. But there was this part of me that the pendulum swung the other way. And I was like, because I would anymore. watch other moms like making their kids lunches and, and doing things that as a kid, hey, I want a lunch that's cute and with some fruit snacks in it. And <laughs> I don't know, just instead of a big <laughs> soggy apple and a PBJ yeah. or PB honey every day, yeah. um, my pendulum <laughs> swung the other day, other way a little bit like, Ooh, I'm going to make my kids lunches every day. I'm going to do this. And it came from, I think a part that was, my mom didn't even hurt me in that way. Mm-hmm. She actually gave me a really, really great gift. Yeah. But there was just some little kid part of me that wanted a few things. And then I attempted to give that to my kids in certain ways. When the So just watching for the pendulum swing yeah. when we go too far the other way. And then just multi- having compassion for yourself. Like when you look at why you're parenting, why you're gaining or losing worth with your kids or your spouse, yeah. there's a reason. And so to approach that from a loving way instead of, oh my gosh, one more thing I've got to figure yeah. out. I'm do my parenting right. I'm not doing this. But to really access some compassion. And- Absolutely. You know what's playing through my head as you say that? Any parents who try to make adjustments on this, their kids are going to resist. Mm-hmm. And when your kid comes at you, when you're trying to create clear boundaries, just hold your ground and say, yeah, I am changing some things. Yeah, I've done things differently. And you're going to just have to deal with it because you're a child in my home, in Mm -hmm. our home, and this is something that we're going to do. Are you willing to help me adjust this? Well, I don't like it. All right, fine. We're going to keep moving on. I'll just wrap up with this. I... uh, Uh, One of the phrases I've always used when people say, well, how do you work with teenagers? And one phrase I've always used is love them, but don't love what they think. Okay, that has helped me summarize a lot of what we've talked about today. And to remember this is you're an adult. You have experience. You have knowledge. You have responsibility. And all of that gives you the right to be a positive authority figure in the life of your kids, which means simply just having clear boundaries and being open and honest and humble about yourself. And I love what you said at the end. I think that's a good exclamation point is just show yourself some mercy, have some kindness towards yourself and the efforts that you're making. Yeah. Turn to the, to God to heal that. Yes. And I, I one time spoke and the title of the talk was finding worth from above, not from around. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when you talked about that pillar coming down. That's because that's where our worth actually comes from. And so I invite you as a parent to do that. Find your worth from above, not from around. And your kids are part of around. <laughs> yeah. So until next time, um, good luck. Keep going. Remember the only way you fail is if you quit trying. And we look forward to being with you again next week. 